Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. My name is Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or licensed psychologist. Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised, but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears. Welcome to Invisible Tears. My name is Jane, and I am the host of Invisible Tears, and I'm here with my co-host, Amanda. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Jane. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. That's good. How about you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Seems like an okay day. It is. That is the word for today. (laughs) (laughs) We're just doing okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is episode one of season two. It is. And uh, we decided to do a Q&A yep. episode. Q&A episode. We got in a few questions. I think it's a great way to kick off season two. We're super excited to be back and recording um, and get back into it. We uh, It's We've just passed the, uh, for when we're recording this, we just passed the holiday season. Uh, it was a crazy time. Absolutely crazy time. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, right after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Day, I became very sick. Yes, you did. And uh, I um, ended up with RSV, and then that turned into pneumonia. Yeah. And I... Landed in bed for two weeks, so that was really, really hard. I was very, very sick. I I can't remember the last time I was that sick. I was so worried about you guys. Yeah, I, uh, I know. Thank you. I, um, I did a few, a few visits to the emergency room, and, but it seems, and my granddaughter, Cheyenne, she was also very sick. She yeah. started off with the flu. Right. And then she was sick with the flu for two weeks, and then she got better for a week, and then she came down with RSV. So oh. she was 
sick again for another two weeks. So hopefully it's it's all out of my house. And yeah. Everybody seems to be healthy now. And hopefully we can stay that way for a good portion of the winter anyways. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm hoping. Hopefully all the sickness just, just like attacked you guys all at once and and everybody's well and hopefully hopefully now for the rest of the winter everybody can stay healthy i and i know it's it wasn't just uh your household i kept on hearing about a whole bunch of different households and i mean and it's funny because i obviously know like covid is still going around you know obviously um it i didn't hear about too too many people actually having covid it was the flu strains and the rsv and the pneumonia that were really hitting houses and it's like Ooh. Yeah, I, I mean, like when Cheyenne was out of school with the RSV, um, the school I called uh, Jessica and said, you know, don't worry about makeup work mm-hmm. because it was like 40% of the school yeah. was out with some kind of sickness. That's crazy. And they weren't going to make the kids do any makeup work. Yeah. Thank God. Because she had like a month worth of work to make up. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, w- it went around the schools really bad. And of course, when it goes around the school, uh, they take it home and yep. it goes from family member to family member. Yeah. But um, hopefully everybody is uh, getting healthy and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and all that sickness is gone for a while. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So glad all of you guys are better. It was funny because when I went to uh, when I went to the um, urgent care, they tested me for the flu, RSV, and COVID. And I was like, "Is there any other test you need to test me? <laughs> you can give me." And she's like, "Well, I can test to see if you're pregnant. <laughs> that's the only. That's the last test I've got." I'm like, "No, no, no. I'm good with that." <laughs> you're like, "Nope, nope. That's not the culprit. Nope." <laughs> yeah. It's like constantly getting tested. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, but. So I guess our little break between seasons, I mean, while, of course, you know, no, we certainly didn't want you to be as ridiculously sick as you were and just so glad that you're back, that you're back and feeling better and everybody's well in your house. But I guess that little break came at a um, an OK time uh, because we probably would have had to break anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So. So, yeah, you want to get into some questions? Absolutely. Yeah, we got some really good questions. Um, And so we'll start off with the first question that was actually uh, sent in to us from Abriana. And the question is, how have your lives changed since you've dropped the podcast? What a great question. Thank you, Abriana. I know, right? Um, I don't know that my life has really changed. I love... Doing the podcast, I'm yeah. so grateful that I have this platform to tell my story. Yeah, um, one of the things that we wanted to focus on with the podcast was um, mental health. Yep, and I was a bit surprised at how many people have come forward mm-hmm. and said, "I've heard your podcast, and oh my god, I can relate." Yep, or I've never felt so heard. Exactly. Yep. Um, so the the positive feedback has been amazing, yeah. and and I guess I didn't really expect so much of that. Right. So much of the true crime realm is really about, um, you know, 
getting the stories out there um, so they can stay fresh. And so, you know, any new information can, you know, people can come forward. Um, and so, you know, things can really be solved um, and, and that sort of thing. It, it's really um, it's really a factual um, type of place. It's it's not that common to focus on the mental health aspect, but the mental health aspect of what is involved with all of these cases is so important. So it's while we, while we definitely hoped that it was going to, you know, help people. And I mean, you've even said time and time again, you know, if you can help that one person um, with the feedback that you've gotten um, and that we've seen, you have helped so much more than just one person so far. And those are just the people that are actually specifically reaching out um, to, to contact us, um, whether it's through a message directly to you or on our social medias or through email. Um, the response has been really, really positive. And I think it's being received really well in the community. And that is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know I'm not going to necessarily say that uh, this podcast has um, changed our lives or changed my life, but it has definitely taught me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I wanted to look at my my podcast or our podcast, um, Invisible Tears, as um, you know, yeah, true crime, mm-hmm. but also mental health. One of the things I did not want to do was glorify the monster. Absolutely. I wanted to focus on the victims, victims' families, yeah, um, and mental health. And it's funny because some of the interviews that I've done on other true crime podcasts, they feel the same way. Yeah. And they're also trying to change true crime in a in that aspect also instead of glorifying you know these monsters mm-hmm. that have done these horrific things to to people mm-hmm. and women um you know they are more focusing on uh victims and victims families mm-hmm. and um so that was I love that aspect of it. Me too. And I can totally understand I can understand the perspective especially from like the psychology perspective, I can understand people being interested in, you know, the what's what's going on in these, you know, in, in serial killers and perpetrators. Um, what's going on in their mind to actually make them do this? I I can understand the interest in trying to figure out how their brain is wired. I can understand that. However, because of the interest in that, I think, generally speaking the field was really consumed with, like you said, sort of like glorifying and almost putting like a huge spotlight on these people that are, that are committing these crimes. And while, while I do understand that, I don't agree necessarily with that perspective and sort of giving them that platform and them that much visibility because, you know, the people who they impact and not just the victims um, or the survivors that they impact, they leave a lifelong impact. They, they impact the families, they impact the friends. And so little focus is placed on those people 
um, and there and there really shouldn't be. Oh, exactly, exactly. That that's like being a survivor. Um, you know, it's not so much what he did to me physically, mm-hmm. um, as as it is what he's done to me mentally. Exactly. I mean, physically, in a in a couple of months, I was fully healed. Yep. Uh, mentally. It- it, it still lingers. It's it goes right. on for years. Yep, it'll be it never lifelong. goes. It never goes away. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been really nice to to see the reception again. Again, not just from listeners, but other people, um, other people that have podcasts and the people that you've um, done interviews with, the the reception of the concept of um, Invisible Tears has really, really been received well. Um, I would definitely say, I think, I think in the premise of this question, the whole, you know, how have your lives changed since you've dropped the podcast? I think it was a matter of almost like fame, like asking the question of almost, almost like, Hey, do you guys seem like you feel like you're famous now or, or anything like that? Um, and I definitely don't think, um, I, I have to agree with you, Jane, that I, my life really hasn't changed all that much since dropping the podcast. Every so often there's a little bit of local recognition. Um, there was a wonderful article that was published in the Keen Sentinel, um, that actually hit front page and, they did such a phenomenal job. They really did. In the write-up um, of the article. And so a lot of people saw that. And there's a little bit of recognition for me personally because they actually did. They didn't just post a picture of Jane, but then they posted a picture of the three of us too um, for the podcast. So there's a little bit of recognition. I've been recognized a couple of times from that article <laughs> or somebody's <laughs> mentioned something about that article. Um, but, you know, besides that, the um, I think the way that my life has changed the most after dropping this podcast is the is the healing that I've actually been able to go through. I didn't expect to I didn't expect to actually really sit there and look at myself at all as we are going through the podcast and as you're talking about your healing. But it's really made me, you know, in the in the spirit of how transparent and how real um Jane you've been it's really made me sit back and look at myself with my mental health and some of the things that I deal with and we'll get into that um in future episodes uh it's it's really made me look at myself and really want to be transparent and be honest and sort of put my mental health struggles out there as well and so I didn't expect that piece, you know, um, coming from a personal perspective, but it, it's all good. It's all great things. But yeah, so that was a great question. Yes, um, it was. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Abriana. Um, next question actually came in from Rob. Um, and his question was, has anyone looked outside the realm of a serial killer or has anyone actually explored that possibility? Meaning sort of that the guy that attacked you, Jane, was actually being honest with his explanation. Like he was confused from an identity perspective, I guess. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess I, I guess we'll really never know. Right. Um, was it his regular M.O.? 
Right. Is this something he told other victims before, you know, when he approached them? Right. Um, was it true? Uh, we'll never know right. uh, unless he's obviously identified and caught. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the interesting thing is is um, I've been told by quite a few people that it was a serial killer. Hmm. Um, yeah. But if you talk, like if you read it in the papers, mm-hmm. you know they mention you know all these attacks being being um one person yep connected yep. connected to one person um but if you talk if you listen to the authorities the law enforcement they never actually say yeah we believe there's a serial killer right they suspect yep they're very careful with wording very very it it's never an exact yeah. Or a definitive. It's really a, you know. We're looking into that. Right. Or a possibility or yes. or that sort of thing. So they're very, they're very careful with their wording. Yeah. But to, to say, you know, well, what he said to me about somebody beating his girlfriend up yep. or is this a Massachusetts car or whatever. I'll never know if right. if he was serious about that, if that's... Um, you know, if somebody really did beat up his girlfriend, right. if he even had a girlfriend, True. you know, I'll never know the truth in that um, because it, it could be true or it could just be his M.O. that True. that he uses. Yeah, I think it's I mean, when we, when we when we sit there and think about the timeline, too, I mean, Jane, you didn't even know about the serial killer talk or the other cases until well after the fact and reading it in the paper after your attack. So, I mean, once you brought that up to the detectives um, and you're like, is, is this true? And they were like, yes, yes. Um, and after your conversations, I think, with John Philpin, too, about some of the you know, specifics that sort of connect you to the other cases. I think that's when it more solidified that your attacker was the same, um, was the Connecticut River Valley serial killer. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's a definite connection between um, myself, Ellen Freed. Yep. And uh, Barbara Agnew. Barbara Agnew, yep. Um, Definite connection there. With the three of us. Um, so, so, I mean, I mean, I guess it's it sort of to actually answer a little bit more of the question. I'm sure that when the detectives were investigating your case, I'm sure that they didn't initially just go off of, oh, this is this is the same guy, you know, and this is a serial killer. I'm sure that they investigated the different pieces um, and then came to the conclusion to connect your case, but I guess from your perspective, you know, from our perspective, we don't know. Yeah, I I, I really don't. I do know that they start off by investigating each case individually. Right. And and getting as much evidence from each individual case. Mm -hmm. And then they happen to see uh, similarities with other cases. And, um, And that's when they start putting the pieces together Mm -hmm. the unfortunate thing is they'll never know 
whether it is a serial killer or not, until he's identified and caught. And caught. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so that was definitely an interesting question. Um, yeah. 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 And let's see. And the next series of questions comes in from somebody who knows you very well. Tammy <laughs> sent in a, a group of questions. Um, the first one was, uh, do you ever worry about him coming after you now? Oh, Tammy, I love you so much. <laughs> we do. We love you, Tammy. <laughs> um, I don't. Um, for quite a while, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in fear for quite a while. Paranoia. Uh, I, I was, um, after my attack, I definitely became uh, more aware of my surroundings. Um, but, uh, after a few years, I, I came to the conclusion that, and the realization that I was wasting a lot of my time and energy worried about him coming back right. and attacking me again. It was doing me no justice whatsoever. It, it was, um, I was really wasting a lot of, um, you know, quality time. I have on this earth. And so I eventually just decided um, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Um, And especially now, now that I look at it, I, I, and people were concerned about me doing the podcast and get my name out there so much and my Mm -hmm. picture and everything. I, I have taken certain things under consideration and, and I did, um, thoroughly think this whole this whole uh project through with the possibility of him you know identifying me and and coming back and maybe attacking me again but then i realized you know what he's gonna be 70 right you know 60 you know late 60 70 ish Mm -hmm. um i'm thinking you know would he even have the strength or the energy um to follow through with another attack on me or would he you know another thing would be too is it's been 34 years he hasn't been identified yet so would he um take that chance of being identified true um true if i should if he attacked me again and i survived right i mean you were the you were the last known person that was connected to him so i mean whether that's true or True or not, splitting hairs there, but but it, it's a very good point. I mean, he hasn't been caught yet, so um, there's a real risk what associated risk with that. that. Yeah. Right? There's a real risk associated with that. I'm just so happy to hear the way that you the way that you speak it about it and and your mind frame too, because living in constant fear is so exhausting. Oh, it is, and it takes over your life. It just uh, yeah, like every aspect of your life. So I'm just so I'm I'm ecstatic that that was the answer to the question that you don't live in fear and you know I mean obviously obviously right afterwards you know that's a no brainer I mean (laughs) with the with the media reports and everything you know plastering your name (laughs) um, right out there with you know. Oh God, it, it still bugs me so much that that happened. Obviously reporting is different now um, yes. and, and actually protects people, but it, it just bugs me so much that that happened to you um, because I just, 
I can't. What I were can't they imagine. thinking back then? I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I, I. What were they thinking? Why would you um, just plaster a victim's name all over the place, knowing the attacker, right, was not identified yet? I, yep. I don't get it. I yeah. don't get it. So, so I'm I'm glad that you don't worry about him coming after you now. I don't. Glad. That's I good. Don't. Good, good, good. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. And another question from Tammy. What are your triggers for reliving the attack? Oh, another great question. Um, She's got some good ones. I don't don't really have any triggers uh, that make me relive my attack. I don't think I've ever really had a lot of flashbacks with reliving my attack. That's good. I mean, I did go through a couple of years of massive nightmares. Yeah. Um, really bad nightmares. Um, and, you know, the, the paranoia yeah. was pretty bad there for a few years. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, um, at night, I couldn't even go out to my car um, for a few years. I had to have somebody stand by the door and watch me go out to my car at night to, if I needed to get something or, you know, go out. I would never go outside at, at night in the dark by myself. I understand It was just that. a real, that, that was a real bad um, paranoia um, thing for me. Mm-hmm. But as far as... Um, Reliving it, I never really relived my attack. Um, only in my nightmares. Only in your nightmares. Yeah, I had yeah. really, really bad nightmares. I can only imagine. Yeah. Do you have any nightmares now? I've had probably um, three or four in the past couple of years. Wow. Not at the level as that they were before, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I've had a few. Um, I have this one reoccurring nightmare, which is kind of, kind of weird. Um, I'm in this big, like four-story apartment building, and I know that he's trying to find me, so I keep going into different rooms of this this apartment building mm-hmm. and just um just hiding you're just hiding um i never see him in my nightmare i never see him but i just know that he's looking for me yeah so i i just go into these little all these different rooms and i sit there for a while and then i go into a different room and i sit there for a while and um i've had that that dream that nightmare um that has reoccurred over the years, quite a few years. Yep. Um, and I did have that a, a, about a year ago. Um, same apartment building. <laughs> it's so same. weird. Interesting. Do you know the apartment building? Is it something you've never seen before? I don't know. Huh. I don't know if I've ever seen it before. Because, you know, I, I grew up in the city, Levinster and Fitchburg, and they had a lot of apartment buildings. Right there and you know three or four stories and um so i don't know if i'm just um going back to me living 
when I was living in right. the city. Right. Um, it could have very, been, very well been a residual image. Sort yeah, of from exactly. Just, just you um, living in, and knowing the area too. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of weird. Dreams are interesting. And it was that night, so I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to go outside the apartment building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which of is, course. It was just really, really weird. Hmm. It's a really, really weird reoccurring dream, but I can get really detailed with it, wow. which is really weird. So it's vivid. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, so no real triggers, but definitely um, nightmares. Um, yeah. I don't relive what happened to me. I, I more have um, my triggers um, are more about, you know, my anxiety and my anger and... They, yep, the triggers are more so uh, more so prompt the um, so your PTS so your symptoms of PTSD the triggers really more associate with those um, symptoms that you have as opposed to the actual attack exactly yep yep that makes sense that does make sense so um, another an, another question um, from Tammy uh, she she says. So as a good friend of yours, before and after, so she knew you before and after the attack, um, she never saw your struggles. Um, You were very good at hiding what you were going through. Um, And she can tell all the listeners, too, that that Jane, you never acted like poor me. Um, But did you consciously keep your struggles to yourself or was it a way of survival mode for you? I think it's a combination. Yep. I never used my attack as an excuse for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I made bad choices. I made bad choices. And I um, never used my attack as an excuse yep. for my bad choices. Yep. But as far as like keeping my struggles to myself, most of what I really had to keep to myself was my gambling. Yeah. Um, I, I tried so hard to hide that. Yeah. And the struggles of um, and my symptoms of PTSD, I didn't really, I didn't really hide those. Mm-hmm. I just sunk it into my gambling. Yeah. Um. I guess it's the best way I can explain that. Yeah. Uh. But I'm also, uh, you know, people people have often wanted to ask me questions about my attack or talk about my attack. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what people don't realize is I wanted to talk about my attack as much as anybody else wanted to talk to me about my attack. Yeah. But it was just never brought up. It was never, um, it was never, just never talked about. It's, mm-hmm. it's as if... Um, what I loved is um, everybody just treated me the same. Yep. And I loved that. Yep. Um, but now I'm finding out that a lot of people wanted to talk to me about my attack, had questions about my attack, yep. and were just afraid to talk to me about it because they were afraid how it was going to um, 
you know, affect me mentally. Yep. Affect you mentally and trigger you. And that actually yeah. goes into her next question. <laughs> Knowing you so well, did you ever want to talk to any of us? Because, uh, you know, she so wanted to ask you questions, but she never wanted to, you know, trigger you. Um, in, in any sort of way. I mean, what you, what you had, you know, gone through was just so, so incredibly, you know, violent and painful. Um, but yeah, so since you never talked to um, anybody that was close and around you, it's, I'm sure it's going to be interesting for people to hear that you, you did want to talk about it. And if people had actually asked you um, any questions, you would have wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to her other question for a minute. Yeah. And, you know, I knew, um, I didn't, I didn't think I was hiding so many things about myself, but I also didn't know how screwed up I was. Right. Um, good point. I, I really didn't until I started my counseling. I thought I was living a normal life. I was right. Uh, everything I felt, everything I was doing was normal. Mm -hmm. And once I started counseling, I quickly realized how totally screwed up I was (laughs) (laughs) and how totally screwed up my train of thought was and my thinking and my decision-making and and all that. So I don't think I I tried to hide anything. I just, um, I was just trying to... um, normalize myself yeah um so in a sense you kind of were in survival mode but but didn't really but didn't really know it so you weren't consciously really trying to you know hide anything you were in survival mode you didn't know it because i mean you had undiagnosed you know ptsd exactly and you were trying to live you know i mean like 20 years of it, you know what I mean? But before you started your counseling and before you started going through the therapy to start working through, um, some of what you were struggling with. So, so yeah, so I guess you're right. The, uh, you know, did you, did you consciously keep your struggles to yourself or was it a survival mode? Uh, So I guess it, it really wasn't a, you didn't purposely do it. Yeah, exactly. You were just trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. God, I was so screwed up. (laughs) Uh, Jane. <laughs> I, was, I was a freaking mess, Amanda. I was a mess when I started my counseling. I I can remember when I first started my counseling and all this stuff was coming up with the PTSD and I'm thinking to myself, I was so overwhelmed and I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm, I'm never going to be right again. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to. <laughs> Uh, where do I start healing? How do I start healing? Do I have time in my life to to heal everything I needed to heal? I was a freaking mess when I started counseling. And yeah, I guess I guess I hit it, but didn't realize it. Yeah, because I, I, I you know, I, I hit it for myself too. Right. Um. You know, like I said, I didn't realize I was such a freaking mess Mm -hmm. until I started counseling. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, my counselor has some work to do. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that people didn't notice how messed up I was. Um, Jessica knew. Yeah. I think of everybody uh, or anybody 
that I was around a lot, Jessica knew that I was that messed up. Yeah. Uh, she shared that with me after I started counseling. Uh, but she didn't know how to... Um, how to fix me right she, well she didn't know how to help no. so she so she saw it because i mean she was essentially the closest person to you so she saw it but she didn't she didn't know yeah i mean and um and you know how could she have known yeah, how to exactly. help you know and that's why counselors um are there for a reason yeah you know yeah i'm finding out now that a lot of people did not like me back before I started counseling and I think about it and I and I look back on that and it's like wow they had good reason not to like me I I was not a good person Hmm. I I really wasn't I had anger issues Um, (laughs) I you know there's one thing with being outspoken and and there's one thing of being outspoken and cruel Hmm. Mm -hmm. and I know that there have been a few times that I had been outspoken and cruel. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't a very likable person mm-hmm. um, before my counseling. But since my counseling and since I've been getting all this help and I've, I've, I know that I'm becoming a better person. Yep. And, uh, but unfortunately... Um, people have already made up their minds about me. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, there are people that realize, wow, you were messed up and you are a better person today. Right. Um, and there's people that just think that I'm, I'm not a good person and I'm never going to be a good person. But you know what? I'm okay with that because I know what kind of a person I am today. I worked very hard to be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did hide a lot of things, but if you knew me very well, there was a few things in there that I couldn't hide. Right. And, um, yeah. 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 And what was that other question? Uh, did you ever want to talk to any of us about it? Oh, yes. Um, It's funny because it's not that I wanted to or didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I avoided talking about my attack or what happened to me. Um, people just never did. I was going to say, people, <laughs> people, people just never asked you anything. No. And I mean, I know that I've heard Drew say it and I know that he said it to you, you know, multiple times too. I mean, he wanted to, ever since he remembers actually sitting down and watching your Unsolved Mysteries episode. And I mean, he was young when that, that, that was very impressionable on him, um, and I think that's why he has some of the interests that he has now. Um, he he had wanted to talk to you about it for, you know, essentially almost even since then. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was like seven or something like that. He was pretty young. Um, so it, it, it's just a matter of nobody knew how to bring it up to you because they didn't want to trigger you. But from your perspective, you're like, well, I didn't really have any triggers of my attack. We know that now, like specifically of the attack. And it's not that you didn't want to talk about it or you did really want to talk about it. Since nobody was asking you, you must have just thought nobody wanted to know and nobody cared. Not that nobody cared, but it was was just never a subject that was ever brought up. Um, You know, 
I've had a few people over the years ask me some, you know, some questions about my attack, and I talk about it openly. Yeah. Um, but it just, um, I don't know. It's just, it was just a subject that just was never, never brought up, never yeah. talked about. Um, not that I avoided it. Not that, uh, you know, I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It was just never talked about yep just um, never brought up yeah. yeah so i guess as we sit there and think about it too i mean as as we talk about people wanting to know how to approach a subject with somebody who's been through something traumatic um a lot of times people don't understand how to bring it up to that individual without possibly triggering them um they they want to be supportive but they don't want to hurt the situation guess probably one of the best pieces of advice and the best approach would be to simply just ask in a really um oh exactly it, ask ask that person you know i have some questions or or you know I, i'm sorry that this happened to you i would love to talk to you about it more mm-hmm. um and that person will you know let you know or i would i would let you know whether i'd want to talk about it or not right. um and I guess it's it's got to, it's all in how you approach somebody too. Right. If right. you're approaching that person and you want to just talk about, you know, the attack and the monster that did, you know, did the attacking and and stuff like that. I might not want to talk about it. Right. Um but if you want to talk about, you know, my life after my attack mm-hmm. or you know, my healing process or mm-hmm. Or um, you know anything like that, I would be very open to to talk about it. Right. So I guess it all depends on you know exactly how you know what 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 part of my attack would you like to talk about? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, you know, I I don't like talking about him. Yeah, the monster. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking about the monster because I have given him. I have given him so much time in my life. Yeah. Um I, I just don't want to give him any more mm-hmm. time yep. out of my life. Um I have nothing to say about him. Yep. He's a monster. He's not a human being. He's done horrific things. Um what he's done to me and my daughter is just um you know, I, I have no no words uh mm-hmm. how somebody could do something like that knowing I was pregnant and um you know I I, and I have no no answers to why this happened to me yeah so you know I'm not gonna glorify him in any way and I'm definitely not gonna um ever make him the focus of my of invisible tears mm-hmm. um if you want to ask me a few questions about you know the investigative part about him mm-hmm. I, i'm open to that mm-hmm. uh absolutely but uh well i mean it's a positive it, it, it's a positive in the sense that it that could possibly lead to something some sort of piece of information that could be positive to the case exactly and positive to solving the case so i guess if people make sure and approach the the situation with like compassion and from a positive perspective and not just, you know, pinging questions about, you know, the, 
like you said, the monster, yeah. the monster that's responsible, um, yeah. which could, which could definitely be triggering to someone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, uh, I mean, obviously we have to talk about him once in a while yeah. uh, because my case and all these other cases are unsolved. Unsolved. And somebody out there knows something about this monster yeah. and knows who this monster is. So, yeah, we do have to um, bring him into conversation once in a while. Yep. But to focus uh, invisible tears on him, I refuse to do that. Absolutely refuse to do that. This is this podcast is about me, other victims, about PTSD, mm-hmm. um, mental health, and and unsolved uh, other unsolved cold cases yep. it's not going to be about him mm-hmm. absolutely we feel the same exact way Tammy does go on to say I've heard you mention you wish you could have been a better mother and that's nonsense you were and are a great mother every family has ups and downs you may have made bad choices over the years but every parent does including myself that's what she said Well, including myself, too. I can speak to that, too. (laughs) All mothers make mistakes. And that you have two wonderful children. Thank you, Tammy. Um, Yeah. I I guess uh, I was the best mom that I knew how to be. Yeah. I guess the best way I could put it. Um, I guess we all wish we were a better mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Better parent. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think I have two great kids, too, yes. uh, and a, a wonderful granddaughter that I am truly blessed to be able to um, watch mm-hmm. uh, grow every day. Yeah. Um, her, her, my daughter, Jessica, and Cheyenne live with us, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's I'm truly lucky and blessed to be able to see them every day, see Cheyenne every day and yeah and yeah oh, that's amazing well those are great questions thank you thank yeah. you very much for them yeah. uh, I hope I answered them the best yeah. <laughs> uh, of course um, you know give you a more understanding on um, you know my struggles in and uh, my everyday life yeah And you guys can keep those questions coming, too. Um, You can go ahead and send those directly to invisible.tears1966 at gmail.com. Just make sure you put Q&A up in the subject line so it does get lost in our email. Um, And, yeah, we can definitely answer any more questions you guys have in future episodes. Uh, You can also drop us lines on our social medias, too. Um, all of our um, social medias and essentially any place where you need to find us is always uh, in the description of the episode on our link tree um, so you can find us everywhere sounds great yeah well Amanda that was great that was great until next time until next time thank you Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, 
and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. As we stated in this episode, we want to hear your questions that you have for any of us so we can answer them in Q&A episodes going forward. So if you have any questions for us, send us an email to invisible.tears1966 at gmail.com. Make sure you put Q&A in the subject line and we'll do our best to answer all questions that come in to us. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15-minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.